welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. I shared like a couple of weeks ago about New Year's resolutions and um, what would be the best New Year's resolution for, for us as followers of Jesus. And we looked at Micah chapter 6, verse 8, which was, uh, what does the Lord require of us? And then he tells us it's to do what is right, do the right thing, and to love mercy or to love kindness and to walk in humility, walk humbly with God. And I reckon that's the best life resolution for us all to just do simply what God requires, God wants for us. But then I started to realize that you could hypothetically do those things and still have a heart that's not burning with a passion for Jesus. You know, we can um, do the right thing because we know what the right thing is to do. We can be kind to others. We can uh, sort of walk in humility. We can um, sort of have a relationship with God, you know, read our Bible and um, read the word for today. Bible devotions and not really have that passion, that fire, that first love that we once had for Jesus. So for me personally, it's definitely been Micah 6.8, but it's also been for myself. I want to be cultivating in my heart a revival, a fresh passion and a fresh love for Jesus all over again. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today and maybe next week as well. Um, the message is called Revived, having revived hearts. And it's interesting when we talk about revival, what does that mean to us? And if you've been around uh, Christians for a while, usually you think of revival as like when all of a sudden a whole lot of people get saved or a nation gets saved or a town and it's like all these people coming to God for the first time. That's not necessarily revival, although that is a byproduct of revival. Revival simply means reviving something that was alive and that has since died, and then it comes back to life. And that's really what revival is for us as believers. It's when we've been born again, we've got this passion for Jesus, this love. And, uh, and then for whatever reason, that, that love wanes and, and we drift and we get into compromise and apathy. We sort of die a death. And then to be revived, it's for us as believers in Jesus to return to that first Love when we just, nothing else matters except pleasing Jesus. And um, so really revival then is not about the unsaved being saved. It's about the saved returning to our first love. Although uh, spiritual awakenings and, and salvations are always a byproduct of that. And, and again with revivals, like I said, we think it's, it's a whole lot of people um, having this spiritual awakening. We've got to remember this, and this is a huge key this morning. The revival of many always begins with a revival of one. Revivals always start in the heart. Revivals always start with one person or a handful of people. And I really wanted to sort of share some examples of revivals down throughout history and just haven't got time. Just Google spiritual awakening or revivals and you will see this pattern. It always starts with one or a few and then it spreads to a whole lot of people and I'll give you one example, Evan Robertson, I think it was about 1904, somewhere around then, just a young guy, passionate for a spiritual revival, 
um, a personal revival in his own heart. He was so heartbroken by what he saw in the city of Wales, but he thought, well, I can't really take responsibility for that, but I can take responsibility for my own heart. So he went on almost like a, a private pilgrimage to have a, a personal revival, and, and he had a, a personal revival. He got 16 complacent, apathetic young people, young adults together, and he said, right, we're going to start to pray. And then within like, Within a year, I think it was, over 150,000 people in, in Wales had this incredible revival. They got revived. They returned to their first love and, and other people got saved. It starts with a few. It starts with one. Is God calling you to be that spark today? Is, is God calling me, Charles Finney? And I'm just going to be using some revivalists in their quotes this morning. This is what he says. Revival is the renewal of the first love of Christians, resulting in the conversion of sinners to God. It presupposes that the church is backslidden, and revival means conviction of sin and searching of hearts among God's people. Revival is nothing less than a new beginning of obedience to God. Spiritual awakenings start with the one when people are personally sick of the complacency and, and compromise in their own lives, seek at all cost to, to have that revived heart. And that's my challenge. Uh, Jesus is asking us to seek personal revival, to do whatever it takes to spark our first love for Jesus again. So a lot of people can get really excited about revival for revival's sake, or they think, well, I need to read my Bible. I love my Bible, and that is great. Let's love our Bible. Or, you know, I love theology, and, and that's great. Let's love theology, and I, I love social justice, and that's all good. But first and foremost, it's a returning of our heart to Jesus, to understanding the incredible miracle of, of the cross, of what Jesus did, like, like Dan was singing. I just want to be where Jesus is. I just want to please his heart. I want to read from Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. And the start of Revelation is Jesus talking to seven different churches. And uh, in this case, he was talking to the believers in Jesus in a place called Ephesus. And, and they were a great church. They were doing amazing things. And, and Jesus is so loving. He talks about all the awesome things that they're doing. They're not tolerating sin and they're doing some incredible works. But he has something to, to challenge them on. And I love this about Jesus as individuals and also as churches. He's always challenging us and encouraging us to take that next step. Discipleship is always about taking the next step. And wherever we are on our journey with God as, as individuals and as churches, there is a, always a next step that God is encouraging us to take. So this is what he does here in Revelation 2 verse 4 and 5. He's, he's talking about all the great things they've done. And then he says this, But I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. So I just want to unpack that this morning. The first part there, it says, Jesus says, you have abandoned the love you had at first. Another way of saying that is you have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Vance Havner says, Revival is the church falling in love with Jesus all over again. Can you remember what it was like when you were first born again, when you first had that encounter with Jesus? Uh, when you knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that He'd washed your sins away, that you were born again, that you were a new creation, 
that, you know, that wonder and that joy and that encounter and nothing else mattered except um, pleasing God. It's like you wanted to give up everything because you wanted to pursue the heart of Jesus. I remember the, the late awesome Bill Sabrisky used to say, say when he got saved um, that the grass was greener and the, the sky was bluer and the, and the birds sang more beautifully. And it, and it was, it's like that. And you don't care about how many people think you're crazy. You just want to tell them about Jesus. That's what it's like when we first had that encounter. And, and Jesus is, is saying that here, the, the passionate love you had for me in the beginning and how we've drifted away from that. You know, some people say, you know, I've, I've fallen, in, in, out of, fallen out of love. Now, I don't think we fall out of love. I just don't think we wake up and it's like, I accidentally fall out of love today. I think... The, the reality, to be honest, is that we drift away from love gradually. We sort of don't mean to. It's just something that happens. Um, we're not really aware of it at the time, but we drift away gradually. And I think it's exactly the same with us and our passion and love for Jesus. We don't mean to. We don't like wake up and think, I'm going to be apathetic and I'm going to backslide and I'm going to have a shocker and I'm, I'm going to be compromising. It just happens gradually. We drift away and back in the olden days I used to do a bit of surfing and especially when the swell was a little bit bigger you'd paddle out and you'd want to be in that sweet spot of the wave um, but because there was so much movement in the water uh, you'd find that you'd just all of a sudden be drifting constantly uh, down the beach and you'd have to keep paddling to get to that same sweet spot so it, it wasn't meant to happen if you were unaware of it you would just drift away it's the same with our love for Jesus it just happens um, we drift gra gradually and you know, we don't mean to do it, but it's just, it just happens. And Hebrews 2.1, because human nature is the same throughout history, um, this is what it says. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. It never happens all of a sudden. There is always this slow drift. Like moral failure it never happens with one giant leap just always happens with just tiny little steps, a gradual process. You've abandoned the love you had at first. Remember from where you have fallen. Talked about what it was like, how we acted when we first got saved. And if we took a, a hard look at our lives right now in this moment, and not in a condemning way at all, but just to sort of take stock of our lives, when we were first in love with Jesus and, and where we are and how we act right now, how big is the gap? How, how far have we drifted? It's worth thinking about because Jesus is challenging the church in Ephesus and he's challenging us with the same thing today. And then he says, repent and do the works you did at first. Now this word repent, it always sort of, it's like a pale and tragic word. It's like sort of scary and condemning. It's, it's not like that at all. Repent simply means to turn back or to turn away from something or to make a change of direction. So when Jesus says repent here, he's saying, look at how far you've drifted from your passionate love for me. Turn back to me again. Make a change of direction. It's a deliberate thing that we do. It's like repentance is a doing word. It's, I think it's a verb. If I can remember my schooling correctly, deliberate change of direction. Do the works you did at first. That's really interesting. Note that Jesus says, turn back to me and feel the feels that you had for me at the beginning. All those lovey-dovey emotions. 
Now, he doesn't say that. He says something really practically. He says, do the things you did at first. Now, with marriage counseling, I've heard a huge key in, in, in words of wisdom that counselors give um, couples that perhaps have fallen out, drifted away from love. They say, think about what it was like when you were so madly, passionately in love with each other. What did you do? You know, you go for a walk along the beach. You, you, you give a lot of gifts to the person you've fallen. And you just want to spend all your time with them. You let your husband have an aquarium, maybe. No, just kidding. Uh, so you do all these things and the, the marriage counselor says, go back and do those things you did at first. Even though those emotions may not be there, start doing those things. And so often the, it like kickstarts their, their love for one another again. And for us as believers, what did we used to do practically when we were first in love with Jesus? For me, I just couldn't get enough of gathering together with with God's people, whether it was large services or smaller services, always loved talking about Jesus, loved worshiping, loved worship times, um, reading Bibles, getting a hold of all the books I could. I was a lot select, lot more selective of what I watched and what I listened to uh, back then. And it wasn't out of legalism. It was just because I wanted to please God. I wanted to be obedient to God. I wanted to hear His voice. So all those things, and it may be a little bit different for you. Jesus is encouraging us. Firstly, look at how far we've, we've drifted. Turn back to him and start doing those things again. And that may kickstart a passion and a revival in your lives. And, and be deliberate with this. Now, for me and for a group of my, my friends at the moment, we're being pretty deliberate of, of things that we are going without for a time and spending more time in prayer with God because we are all, we all agree, you know, that we could be a lot more on fire for Jesus than, than we are right now. And we want to get back to that place of personal revival because when, when you're in that place, everything is exponentially better. We, we live in a, in a fallen world, a hurt world and a broken world. And, and how can we expect the world to fall in love with Jesus if we're not passionate for Jesus ourselves. So be deliberate. And this brings me to my, my last point. We can't create personal revival, but we can cultivate a personal revival. Uh, we can't like snap my finger like today and, and Jesus magically says, right, Simon, you're in revival now. You've got a revived heart. Um, you know, Jesus isn't a genie um, for us, but what I can do is I can take responsibility for my own life and my own heart, and I can cultivate the soil of my heart and prepare it for revival, to be revived again. It's like a yacht, can't move by itself, but you can um, take responsibility for those sails and set the sails so it catches the wind. So I need to take responsibility and cultivate the soil of my own heart. Now, I'm trying to grow some um, seeds at the moment. Um, they're called Nepenthes is the flash name. It's pitcher plants, a carnivorous plant, and um, quite expensive, but, and it's really, really difficult to, to, to plant or to, to grow these things from seeds, but I'm up for a challenge, and I don't really have a first understanding of how to grow, but I, I did a lot of research, as you do, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to give these seeds the absolute best chance of germination. So I went and bought this flash sort of mini um, portable glasshouse thing that you fit on your, your dresser and I bought some grow lights and um, you know, watering them. I've got the best substrate for these seeds. I started praying 
praying for the seeds, playing some worship music for the seeds because I've heard um, music helps. And my family just mock me all the time for this. I know I'm a little bit crazy. But I know that although I can't make the seed grow, I can absolutely do everything I can to cultivate the right conditions, the right atmosphere for those seeds to grow. And it's exactly the same with personal revival. Now, I can't sort of make that magically happen in my life, but I can do everything within my power to cultivate and prepare my heart to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That word deny is, is pretty full on. It means to disown, to disown yourself, to deny yourself, to reject yourself. In other words, denying ourself of the distractions and comforts in our own life that have helped drift us from our first love. Fasting is a great example. You know, some of us think, well, that's what you know, religious people did back in the old days. I'm not going to go without food. Fasting in the broad sense means giving up a comfort in your life so that you can put that time aside because you are serious with your relationship with God and you want to be more sensitive to the Spirit of God in your life. And, and that's not some crazy sort of cultish belief or, or teaching. This is New Testament Christianity, putting things aside in our life that we know are distractions, that we know may drift us towards compromise because we want to please the heart of God. And to be deliberate, to be serious about that. If we want our nation to be saved, we want the city that we live in to be saved, it doesn't start with them. It starts with us as the church and we are a part, I'm a part of the church. It starts with me. Frank Bartleman, he, he was around in the Azusa Street Revival. Google that one, it's an incredible story. He says this, God's fire only falls on sacrifice. An empty altar receives no fire. God's fire only falls on sacrifice. When was the last time we gave up something because we wanted to pursue our love and our passion and our walk with God? An empty altar receives no fire. I'll finish with this quote. Most believers are sitting back waiting for a collective stirring that they would call a revival. God is waiting for an individual to be stirred. When an individual is stirred or revived, that stirring will infect others, which will continue until the whole is overwhelmed with the stirrings of God. It takes only one spark for the entire process to start. Will you be that one spark? And that's the challenge I want to leave with all of us today. Will you be that one spark? Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.